What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Coins. This is episode two, and you might be listening on Spotify, and you might be watching on YouTube. I'm looking right at the YouTube audience right now. Uh, we decided last minute last week to go ahead and make this both YouTube and Spotify. So wherever you're listening, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show where we discuss all things crypto, all things sports, and what I mean all things, I don't necessarily mean all things, but we're all also thing, discussing animals. sports that relate to yes. crypto. And sometimes if the sports information's good enough, we'll we'll travel away from crypto. But we also do animals well, uh, from time to time when no, needed. I mean, uh, for example, those of you who are listening on Spotify, you will uh, not be able to see this, but Smay is wearing his dolphin fish shirt. Do you not, want not just a dolphin I, shirt? I haven't introduced you yet, yeah. so I don't even know why you're really speaking at the moment. I don't even know why you... But that's part of Between Two Coins is that Smay does what Smay does and we have no control because he's the one controlling the audio, visual, everything. He can do whatever he wants. Well, we are at his mercy. You referenced my shirt. Should I, I almost felt like I should show my shirt. Or should I, I, wait I knew you were going to anyway. It, it, well, I haven't yet. I haven't. So I'm okay, going... I'm at your will. Well, I'll get to you here in just a second. Yeah. Uh, I am co-hosted by, as we decided last week, the third greatest host on all of podcasts out there. Uh, we're still looking for number one and number two, but we know he's number three. His name is Smainold. Go ahead and show yourself your dolphin fish shirt. Hello. I, you know, I, it's a good shirt. I got it from the store. Um, and more specifically, I think I got it from Belk because they're only place that sells uh, large people clothing. Uh, Did Belk sponsor sad. this? It's sad. Uh, you know, maybe one day. Uh, but, I haven't yet. Uh, I would just like to say I'm glad to be here. Um um, yeah. Yep. Good. Well, guess what? We have a guest, the first guest ever on Between Two Coins, because when we did this show a long time ago, we didn't do a guest format, but we are doing guests now. And this is, some of you are going to say this is your fan favorite. Uh, some of you have no idea who we are talking about. Uh, some of you might not care, but guess what? He's awesome. And that is our good friend T-Shroom, back from basic training. T-Shroom, what have you been doing and who are you? I am T-Shroom and I have been doing a lot these last few days. Actually, I just got back from vacation, so that was the that was the very good thing. And not uh, the vacation that I was teasing with before I left. An actual oh, weekend an actual long vacation. vacation. Good. And uh, that was very good relaxation. But before that, I went on what I called a relaxation, what we or a vacation, and what we released as a actual basic training for the U.S. military, the Army specifically. And that was grueling, miserable, and terrible. And no one should ever do it unless you want to grow in a way that you've never grown before. That's right. As a leader. And tan like you've never tanned before. Like, good grief. You went down like three shades of skin tone. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, that was, that was a lot I of I think that was the beach you went to the, to the other day. I don't know if it was uh, training. No, definitely. He definitely like walked in looking like a Chad when he came back the first time. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like a Chad. <laughs> now yeah. I definitely, and I, I was exposed to the sun yesterday quite a bit too. On the beaches of St. Augustine, Florida. Ooh, yes, I saw the pictures right. on IG. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty great. Well, guess what, Tisham? We're so glad you're back. Uh, we're going to dive into some questions here in a little bit. But the first thing I want to do yes. is I want to throw it back to, to Smainold. Yes. Uh, Smay, is there any animal facts, maybe specifically turtles, because you are known as the Turtle King, that you would uh, love to let the people know about today uh, before we jump into crypto you know, information? You know, there's so many. There's so many things that I could say as, a, as an animal fact. I actually think my good – this one's going to make you have to think. I'm not even going to give you or elaborate. I'm going to elaborate on it, but I'm just going to throw it out there. And there's resources that you can Google for it. Um, there's no such thing as 
uh, a true lizard. Hmm. Boom. Hmm. What I is there? Intuitively knew that. Somehow. So, so you just knew it, like yeah. So just so you know, there are some lizards that are more closely related uh, to snakes than there are they are to other lizards. Right? There's not really like they're all bunched up in one thing. They're not actually different classifications. There's not like a branch that's lizards, snakes, and everything else. Yeah. It's they're actually all one big mess of a tree. So you're so, saying that lizards are fake news? That it's just a, it's just a, a list of characteristics. Uh-huh. Um, so that's a fascinating thing. You look at look into it. Don't take my word for it. There's some great resources on there uh, on the internet that you can find, and it shows you the little phylogenetic tree yeah. of the evolutionary stuff. It's great. That's so, good stuff. Yeah, there you go. That was your. That well, was your. Yeah, your that, that was, was our little fact. tidbit of information into the animal kingdom, specifically. I've got one. Lizards are fake. Oh, you have a you have a lizards are fake. On the topic of lizards, yeah, crocodiles yeah. cannot spit their tongue out. They cannot do the old nana nana boo boo. They can't like. <laughs> I mean, do alligators? I just. What are you saying? Neither alligator. I'm assuming alligators can't either. But I've I've. Been I informed. can't spit my tongue out. No, no, no. Would you? Yeah, you can. <laughs> like by. What are you implying? Like one of these? Oh, stick your tongue out! Stick your tongue out! Yeah, you said spit it out. Yeah. Like it was gonna get rid of. And it you had to, out. for effect, you just definitely had to spit there. That was. Eh. Thank you for noticing that. Anyway, uh, transitioning from the animal kingdom, uh, sports and specifically the world of sports. Uh, a couple different pieces of information. You guys, by the way, are watching this. We are currently, as you're watching this or listening to this, or maybe if you're listening to it later, this is post Bitcoin Conference 2020. No, no, no. You, but it is we are there. On Saturday. We what? are there. We're currently, currently on our there. way back. That is called a no, lie. No, we're there. No, I'm saying like... What if someone listens just on Sunday? Then we wouldn't be there. Exactly. But so that's why I'm saying it's post. This is being released it's not. This is being on released. your way back. Anyway, let me... This let me jump. Just let me, just let me. Just let me jump. Just There's news. Uh, the first one. NFL players are now able to sell NFTs. So this was confusing to me. I didn't know that they were not allowed at one point. But there's an article here that talks about the National Football League has finally lifted the embargo on teams' involvement in crypto-related activities. In a memo, a memo released on Tuesday, so this is last Tuesday, the NFL stated that teams will now have permission to seek blockchain partnerships. But this doesn't include stadium signage, and the clubs won't still be... That was terrible writing. The clubs won't still be allowed to directly promote cryptocurrencies. This decision modifies the previous outright ban of cryptocurrency sponsorships imposed in August 2021. One, then the NFL banned teams from selling non-fungible tokens as it claimed to be developing a strategy. But with a level of success and the progress the space has seen in recent times, the change is in its approach and is not entirely surprising. According to the NFL, it claims that it has finally evaluated the technology and will now permit promotional relationships without undertaking excessive regulator or brand risk. So... I didn't know that the NFL wasn't allowed to issue NFTs. Well, you know what? It makes sense. And yeah. the reason why it makes sense is I wonder if it was just under kind of a blanket ban. Because here, think about it like this. If I were to, if I was a football player, say I'm uh, I'm Odell Beckham Jr. And I'm I just am a really cool guy. And oh, I mean like Odell out, that spoke at the Bitcoin conference 2022? Yes. So, so I'm saying, uh, so I go out on the field and I say, guys, uh, I'm sponsored by shares of Amazon. Go buy some shares of Amazon while you're while you're at it, right? I don't think I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of hairy things in terms of of being very outspoken about investments uh, on pumping investments as a, as a terms of taking those kind of sponsorships, which I'm also sh- pretty sure there's illegal things with that with specifically about stocks. But 
that's why I wonder if they just had a blanket thing with crypto as well to say, you know, just kind of like we don't take coin sponsorships. They're like, hey, you guys can't take coin sponsorships because mm. like imagine if I go out on the field and I and it's the same similar thing. Guys, go invest in Dogecoin, invest in this coin, blah, blah, blah. I wonder if NFTs were then included under that kind of blanket rule of saying, well, go invest in my NFTs. They all saw it as the same thing. It's just a blanket thing. But now they're making this distinction to say, well, NFTs can, is kind of more like merchandise and you can tr- you well, sell it and trade it. Well, like here's that. here's what I'm a little confused on the article based off the terminology I'm seeing here. And I want to get T-Shroom's take on this in just a second. I don't I don't know if an individual player – I think an individual player can already do it because they're just selling their own name. What this is specifically talking about it's is teams. Teams, teams can't mm. do it. And so that would be like in the moment they can't profit off of just selling like the Bucks. The Bucks can't just sell Buccaneer NFTs mm. and make money off it. So that's what they're restricting is now they could do that. So, so I, I guess that, all, that I think that continues – I think that – Follows similar thread. I think it just makes what, more sense. That. What they also make sure you understand in this article, and I won't read any more of it. I'm just going to summarize it. it. It talks about now they still will not allow teams to be sponsored by any crypto, NFT project or crypto. Like, so crypto.com, and we'll talk about them here in just saying, because there's another piece of news with them. They, like, you couldn't have the way soccer players in Europe, or, you know, the original football, football players in Europe, teams can be sponsored. Like, they literally get the sponsor right on their uh, jersey. The 76ers in the NBA have it. Well, we're talking about the NFL right now, and those are two different leagues. I was giving, I was continuing your example. Well, the football, football's still not allowing that. And the other thing they're not allowing is fan tokens, which we talked about last week with Chili's. I wish someday the NFL will allow, and it's not saying it never will allow fan tokens, but as it stands right now, they said they want to look more into that technology. They will not be allowing fan tokens. And they literally said in here, they said uh, at this point, <laughs> fan tokens have not been of value. <laughs> it has been uh, just another speculative asset with high percentage for loss. That's a that's cruel. Well, so I, I so I wonder. I think it must have been. I think they're just trying to protect their butts from any kind of potential poking Probably. around with with any kind of regulatory bodies. And they're just saying, okay, we're not going to – now we're going to treat NFTs a little bit differently because now we're saying, okay, well, that can just be merchandise. So that's not, that's not even the same thing. But we're not going to even get – mess around with things that can be considered investments or commodities or anything like that because then if you're you know that can become a hairy thing of of investing and maybe they're just like we don't even want to mess with that what are your thoughts about all that t-shirt because i know you you and i talked about chilies a lot when you were here last time because you are a, a football fan a soccer fan yeah well when i was when i was in basic training in the first month army basic training the super bowl was happening and so I got to miss out on the Super Bowl, unfortunately. And they don't drill. let they don't let the trainees watch the Super Bowl. No, definitely not. Oh wow. No, we got zero. And they didn't even let some of the drill sergeants watch it because they had Dang. to babysit us. That's rough. But uh, yeah, so that was rough because I've always watched the Super Bowl. I've always been a big fan. Um, but but I'm, I mean, my take is that we're before our eyes, we're seeing you know <laughs> the first step towards something very new. And I don't I don't think that. I, Chili's will be in its final form. I don't think it will be a mechanism to control major league sports. I think it'll be a mechanism to control a whole new type of sports, a whole new type of competition where it's like, you know, it's like almost like a Bakugan or like um, with the ones that you, you uh, Beyblades, Beyblades, where it's like you're, <laughs> it's just a whole new thing. Professional Beyblades powered by Chili's. Where like Gosh. you're having a, a de- basically a democratic slash capitalist uh, way of engineering a new sport where you get to the collective gets to pick who yeah. are going to go fight in the arena uh but i think professional sports unfortunately there's too high of a barrier there's too much risk there's too much loss potential no i, I did i did hear so you know 
uh, what you were saying, there's some leagues where Chili's actually allows, we talked about this last week on last episode, uh, they actually allow you in some of these smaller leagues to vote for the lineup, like in right. soccer and stuff. That's never going to make it to like that's what I'm to the European soccer, football, to. or hockey or anything. But what could happen is you could vote on what jerseys they wear, what the field or court, or depending on what you know, or arena the the sport you're watching. Skins. What's even cooler? And I said I didn't know how UFC got involved, or whatnot. Actually, what their plan is is for the UF you to be have a hand. You yourself have a hand in deciding what fighters fight each other. Yeah. So what what do the fans want to see potentially through Chili's and buying fan tokens? You would have control over who your favorite fighter gets to fight. And that next, makes sense because the UFC isn't like a tournament style. Yeah. It's it's just whoever has the most hype in the moment. Yeah. Right? They they set those fights. So yeah. that makes a ton of sense. That's it's gonna it's gonna be rough for the, all those promoters because the promoters make all their money setting up and selling those fights. Yeah. You know, well, if the fans are deciding who fight and then you're they still hyped, have to promote they still it. Have to promote I know, but it, I think yeah. that the, the half the jo- half the job, I'm, I'm going to say half There's the job, probably, I don't know. Some of their job is actually negotiating and deciding who they're going to fight. And well, I think they the would st- I think they would still have to do that. I think what Maybe. it would be is it Maybe. would it would be, "Hey, this is where that you vote for your fan your fan tokens. This is what the the consensus is. Yeah. Now we have to negotiate what the what the money looks like and and all the venues and stuff like that. The mm-hmm. promoters still have to do all that. Yeah, but the so. but the skins, you know, changing the skins of like what the yeah the professional athletes are going to be wearing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that that concept a lot. I think that is feasible in in this from the legal sense. The the you know the lawyers being able to work that out is like a you know that, that shouldn't be too hard. I mean, they have nonprofits who've determined like uh, uh, you know the the breast cancer awareness stuff where there's pink yeah. skins all around the stadiums and on the players' outfits and their yeah. uniforms. You know that that's definitely already legally sorted out. So getting a, a democratic slash capitalist way of of coming in and and doing that, it, it seems like that that path has already been trodden down. So mm-hmm. well, let's transition. Another story that came in the sports. Speaking of because uh, we were talking about soccer, Crypto.com is now the official sponsor of the FIFA World Cup. So now this is not only they got their hands on what used to be the Staples Center. Uh, it's now the Crypto.com. And they have their arena. hands on uh, the 76ers. They have their hand on the 76ers now. Yeah, they're, are they, are they they're on, on the, the unifer- Yeah, they're on. The okay, Jewish well, there's that. They yeah. they obviously now have had two very. Very talked about commercials starring Matt Damon and LeBron James. Yep. Uh, and now they're going to be sponsoring FIFA. Probably, I would, I don't have the facts to back this up, but T Shroom, correct me if I'm wrong. Is the FIFA World Cup not the most watched event every four years? For, yeah. I, I, no, I feel like the FIFA World is. Cup is more watched yeah. than the Olympics. Certainly oh, globally. Certainly I do believe. Globally. Yeah, so uh, I, I, so NASCAR here, came to mind, but that's the one that's, that's dude, the most uh, attended physically. <laughs> well, I don't know. I was looking at numbers a while ago. Racing will surprise you how many fans they have. No, I definitely know, I do believe it. I'm I just one of them, I was more showing the disappointment, but I'm disappointed in all these people uh, <laughs> watching NASCAR. Yeah, like I, I, hey, left turns are. Pretty, can I be honest? L- 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 here's the thing. This is <laughs> this is my question. Raise hail. I know I, I don't want to take us too far in this rabbit trail, but if the if you're building these vehicles correct, like like just think about it, you build these vehicles and they all have a maximum potential of how fast they can go, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like the people are pushing harder on the on the pedal to make it go faster. Well, like, what is the, so like I guess there's what is the nuance that goes into it that like okay. how do you go faster than the other okay, person? Okay, so here's this. So first of all, it's material. You science. know how you know how it works. Like you can pick up. Um, what's the word? If you if you get behind another vehicle, you, you don't get have the drag. resistance, right? Yeah. You get drag, right? Yeah. So then, so how many times you have to stop for gas? 
is kind of is one of the plays. How you deal with your tires and how fast you wear out your tires because they have to change tires in the middle of the race. That's a factor. Also, you got like I don't know how many degrees race, but like at least 20 to 30, 40, you know, depending on the race, vehicles all traveling 200 miles per hour. Passing and turning, all that stuff isn't always easy. You got to know how to hit the brake because they always, it's not like they're taking those turns full speed. How do I, how fast can I take this turn and navigate all these other vehicles? There's, well, I, hold on, I hold on. will say, as much as I don't watch it, there's talent That's, for racing. No, no, no. I wasn't even arguing talent. I, Andrew, you I, were arguing interest? I was ar- arguing, like, yeah, there's like a maximum potential, right? Here, like, here. You, look, I, I never grew up watching NASCAR, but it, Dale Earnhardt Jr. was on Joe Rogan one time. I highly recommend you watch that one. Okay. That really opened my eyes. I still don't watch NASCAR, but I <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know. I, I watched the whole podcast. I genuinely do have an appreciation for NASCAR, though. And I, I, I want to. There get is talent. I, I just don't. If know anything, I'm can I be honest with you? If anything, I'm more interested in the talent of the pit crews than I am the actual. Like, it's true, it's a team. But there's sport. the thing is, there's a lot of talent in terms of driving. Yeah. I'm more to say, like, it's it's almost like. If you watch the NBA, for instance, you can see somebody who's just so much more transcendent than everyone else, like LeBron James or Giannis Antetokounmpo, right? He Versus, transcends bas- like, even basketball. Like, like his his physical talents, like he's way more athletic than half the people out there, right? In this case, it's like the vehicles are like the vehicles have a maximum maximum potential. They're all set to the same level. Now it's like, it's just about mind I don't games. know if that's true either. No, and, no, and that's We're in transition because the team decides how heavy the vehicle is. You can take you, things that maximize how many miles they can go per gallon. You, you tell me they don't have, they fill in up. NASCAR, they don't have vehicle standards? They no? absolutely well, they, have I'm standards. I'm sure there are standards, but, but there's a boundary. There's variables that you absolutely can't adjust, and that's where you get those extra I, inches I, closer I'm, to the finish line. I'm going to transition us <laughs> because this, this dream was never supposed to be about NASCAR. I, I have a feeling that in the next couple of weeks, this show is going to show itself out as, think, as Smay's ability to take hot takes. All right, on, all right, all right. You Let's know, continue. <laughs> I, before I, before I get beat up by rednecks. Oh NASCAR <laughs> has ghost-sponsored this episode. <laughs> For real. You would think. You would think so. They got us talking about it. Well, let's, let's going to be the next ones to an, uh, announce their adoption Wait, of okay, crypto. Okay, but the so. FIFA 2020 FIFA World <sighs> Cup, it's in Qatar. I yeah. really wanted to go. I tried to buy tickets one time, and you couldn't buy them on the website, so I just... Haven't thought about it since then. We'll get together and watch, though. But, yo, I'm absolutely watching. We'll get together and watch. So, football, original football, as Tim alluded to. I like like referring to it that way. Yeah. Uh, It's my favorite sport by far. I I grew up in a a college football town, um, and I still liking – I still liking watching that. I still liking. I still (laughs) liking football. (laughs) I still liking watching it. (laughs) But – but uh, European League football, specifically Premier League and Champions League football, is, is so good, in my opinion. Like, yeah. it's just so well done. The commentators just wrap it up with a bow on top in a way that, like, really respects respects the tradition <laughs> of football. We're just taking it. But it also, it also uh, is, it feels so modern. So it's yeah, got yeah. A, it's got a tight grip on modernity as well, yeah. And the audiences, specifically for the Premier League, are just so gung ho about it. They love buying the jerseys. I have I have, that's what I asked for Christmas last year was a Liverpool jersey, and guess what I got? Exactly that. Because my good. girlfriend comes nice. through, she loves me. That's right. That's a good girlfriend right there. Real but, quick before we transition back to crypto, favorite favorite soccer player slash greatest of all time. Uh, I mean, Ronaldo's definitely proving right Which now. Which one? Which Ronaldo? Cristiano Ronaldo. Because there's, you know, you don't even know for certain if he's the best Ronaldo. There's two of them out there. Right, that's true. Right. Uh, but I, I think he's probably the greatest of all time. He's not my favorite. Messi's my favorite. Yeah. Um, Are you Statistically, Ronaldo, you think Ronaldo's better? Or? 
I, I, I don't think I've ever sat down and looked at their statistics. I just love watching the way Messi plays the game. Uh, in the same sense that LeBron is the greatest of all time, it's like the time has not well, played it, itself out, so that's, and, yeah. it, and it's debatable. But you're asking me, Taylor Schrader. Yeah, that's true. That's your opinion. On, yeah, uh, yeah. what is it, April 4th? <sighs> it's not April Fool's, so I'm telling the truth. Uh, yeah, but but uh, that that's that's what I think is pretty good. Obviously, you got you know the likes of Pele and different folks. He's from the my past favorite. Who are really good yeah. as Pele. well. I watched a movie about Pele. Him. I watched yeah, a movie good. about him. He's I like him. So. Yeah. Well, so the reason we had Tishim come on, so first of all, he's now back. You know, he was a he was a contractor before here. Uh, he was contract with our company, sorry, before leaving for basic training. Uh, went to basic training, came back. He is now a W two employee, so he's officially one of the you know one we, crypto Jeb, but we're not even our company's actually us. called McAfee Media, so he's w2. officially a McAfee Media employee. Uh, but I wanted to ask you a couple questions because the reason you're even working here is your background in trading. And uh, so what I wanted to kind of get from you, T-Shroom, is A, how did you wander into our building and get and yourself our a position? Yes, definitely our hearts. Uh, but B, what does your trading history look like? And, and what are some of the lessons you learned along the way? We'll get, well, I guess we'll kind of save that question for a little bit later. Let's just start with how did you come to be in contact with Mac Media? Well, through the magic of C12 groups. Yes. Uh, folks, if you're running a business and you're not part of C12, get there. Get there fast. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, I met Tim at a C12 group. If you don't know what it is, it's basically a bunch of people <laughs> who either own or are operating a business. If you don't know what it is because they don't want you to know what it is. Exactly. It's a secret system. No, it's not. Exactly. It's not a secret society. But. but you can Google it quite quickly. But but to cut to the chase, you yeah. know, it's a bunch of business people getting together, sharing ideas, keeping each other accountable for KPIs. Yeah. And, you know, just, just having fun together. And it is faith-based. So mm-hmm. that's also really great. But we met there and we hit it off and then... Uh, I was actually a representative from a different company at the time. That's why I was at the C12 group. And I uh, wasn't working there anymore. And I was just kind of floating around. And and then Tim reached out and said, hey, why don't you come uh, tour tour uh, what we got going on over at CryptoJeb? And I was like, heck yeah, let's go. And so I went over there and toured. And then you, the second time, you kind of asked me some more probing questions about my professional history in the in the uh, equities exchange yeah. world. And that's when I realized that this was love. You know, here's a, here's actually a question I don't know the answer to. I I don't know. I knew I wanted you to work here. Mm-hmm. When you first came to the office, did you have any intention of asking for a job or potentially applying for a job? Or did you just come just to see what was happening and hang out? That's a good question. I think I just wanted to, well, I do remember exactly what I wanted. I, I wanted to just, a, get to see what it's like, you know, being on the floor of a YouTube channel and seeing, you know, what goes on. Mm. And it's it's exactly what you would expect and more. And, <laughs> and yet uh, at the same time, not at all. You know? <laughs> it really isn't. But, um, but my intention was I was trying to pitch you guys a concept. Remember? 24-hour yes. yes. crypto yes. news. And you guys were like, this guy's insane. But but you Listen, I liked it. You heard it out. <laughs> you know, after being a part the of time. the of the channel for as long as I have now, I, I realized that that would be quite an undertaking. But um, it might still happen. It, it, it and that's what I try. It, it very very possibly could happen. Um, you can hit me up on Instagram if you want to be a part of a project like that. But um, we're not currently. We don't have any intention no, no. of spearheading yes. that. But. Well, one but, thing at a time. But, you know. You can hit him up to where he can say later. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was my intention. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. I I fought heavily for you. Uh, 
And we have, I'm not going to say their names, people in office, not, and it's not, I'm looking at it, it's May. It's May. It wasn't May. Someone else was like, do we know if he's going to be good? He's been a home run ever hey, since we got him. I did nothing but believe in uh And now everyone loves him. And now. Because I got to say, but me and T-Shroom, we go way back. We go way back. You know, we weren't exactly pals, but we, we were, we were in similar circles. And, uh, it's similar. And so I asked, it's funny as a kid. Uh, I like really, really looked up to Tishram. Like he was like this guy that I saw as like this mythical figure in my mind. Wow. Like this. I don't know if I told you that, but, but like I was like, dude, this guy is like the coolest guy around town, you know? And and, and that was like now, Actual. like actually being able to like build a relationship and be friends and and him work here. Like it's it, it was so true. You re- that, <laughs> that brings up a great point. Uh, yeah. Some of you who are watching. Or even just looking at a picture of T-shirt might be wondering, why the heck does this dude look so familiar? Where have I seen him before? T-shirt, where are people maybe, if they have never oh, seen no. Crypto Jeff oh, ever God. before, oh, no, he never where wants would to they get into maybe this. have seen your face? You're being my mom right now. Yeah. Oh, no. Here <laughs> now, we go. Uh, I was pretty popular on Vine for a while. I, I used to do a lot of collaborations with a famous Viner, now YouTuber, Thomas Sanders. And we were very silly. We made a lot of people laugh. <laughs> they did. Make some we, silly you guys laugh. were you guys were definitely really silly. Yeah, it there was, was no linkage to any serious topics like investments. There, it was just fun, yeah. you know, silliness and and uh, yeah. So, so where that, can we find those vines? No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're burned. Uh, 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 no, I'm pretty sure there's still compilations out there, but you know, you don't need to look at those. No, nobody's sure about something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no certainty in <laughs> life. No yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah well, and Vine's see. gone. All the vines are gone now. Yeah. Because they took down Vine, so you can't see any of them anymore. Well, there's definitely YouTube compilations, but you know we're gonna just skim <laughs> well, by that one. We might. We might. We might, we might uh, <laughs> release those quietly. We're gonna. We're gonna skim by that. We're you know definitely not gonna say look up uh, vines on YouTube. Don't <laughs> if you're Sme- looking up vines. Smay is gonna. Smay's gonna buy a section of the metaverse just to like Display put on him. on rewind like on. Uh, uh, no, I think that chapter is closed, Vines. and I, I think we I think we move past it yeah. uh, str- okay. and build back stronger. It, it's, you know? it's weird because like nowadays it's cringy. Obviously, if you if you are, do have the time, which I hope you don't have that much spare time to go back and watch hey. my vines, you'll see. I was just having fun. Just but a it fun was a, it was a, it was a lot of fun. You know, I got to go to playlist live a couple times, which was awesome. Yeah. Getting to be around Thomas Sanders and his genius, you know, it was it was legit. It was a lot a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I'm going to transition it now because there was a portion of your time. I remember when we first met, you were telling me about it, which is one of the reasons why you attracted to us. You actually had to supplement some of your uh, income with trading. Mm-hmm. And I know you had a background in stock market. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you got into trading and then you know transitioning from stock market to crypto and a little bit about your success and strategy. You don't have to go into too much detail necessarily, but yeah. how you were able to make money in the trading space. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and we we did a little bit of this on episode one where Smay got into his his wins and losses yeah, and yeah, the different yeah. lessons he's taken away. Um, Mostly losses, I'll be honest. <laughs> well, I, I don't even I think saw I a said comment, a win. I saw a comment, it was probably the best comment. I was so like, listen to Smay when to buy, don't listen to when to sell. <laughs> I gotta be honest with you, I've been- Your buy spots I'm great. good at buying, yeah. but really bad at holding. You just so, held, you'd yeah. probably be wealthier than- Which yeah. is why I think a lot of people sometimes resonate with my crypto takes is because sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm just like, I, I try to be very realistic, but I, you know, it's like, so like sometimes I'm good with the buys and then really a lot of how, times I'm just really, how bad were you so early on GameStop and, and AMC? I 
dude, I asked myself the same question. Were you just raking I, through? Reddit I think all I was day? just yeah. I think I was just okay. in the right. Did you just have a real I good? Mean, that feeling. makes sense. No, I I think I was just in the right circles, and yeah. that's why I always. I mean, it was the same thing with Dogecoin. Same thing. Huh. With, yeah. You know, I, I put my I, I put myself in the right situations to hear about the th- stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, and then I like I always do my own looking and yeah. go for it. But, so in co- to answer your question, Tim. Yeah. So in college, I traded stocks quite a bit and I actually started uh, co-founded uh, with a guy named Clay Denny, um, a club called the Investment Club, whatever. I can't remember the name of it, but um yeah, Student Investment Club. It was the first student investment club at Santa Fe College in Florida, Gainesville, Florida. And we were all about trading. And we were... We <laughs> it's were like just, Wall Street bets. Yeah, we were the Santa Wall Fe. Street bets of our small community college. <laughs> kind of a big deal. And we had a lot of fun. Um, but from there, you know, I started to take it more seriously. And I started to meet more people who, you know, traded. And, um, you know, I, I had a lot of fun. And fast forward to, you know, I had graduated college and I was kind of bouncing around different jobs. And one of the jobs I was, uh, helping someone who was selling cars and just like doing their photography. And so I had a lot of time on my hands when I wasn't uploading pictures that I'd taken. And so I was just trading. I was trading a lot of, uh, just like kind of mid cap tech stocks and having a lot of success, uh, because I was, I was, discipline. I was like sitting there and actually trading and, and reading everything about the tech stocks and watching the, the meta trends. And I was thinking about like, um, like oil and other commodities and, and thinking about how hedge funds are looking at industries specifically in the flow of money from those industries. So I was able to say, okay, oil's really hot this week. There's probably not, not this week. It was much smaller time frame than that, but oil's really hot today. You know, there's probably not going to be much money flowing into more high risk investments like mid cap stocks. So I would not, I would, you know, sell that day or, you know, or I would wait to enter um, and things like that. You know, I can't remember the exact strategy, but that was actually pretty profitable. So the little bit of money I was making from that photography job, um, you know, I was able to supplement my income with just trading uh, C3.I, I think was one of the companies. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, can't some of the Fiverr was definitely one. But oh, C3.ai. That's was that was the name of the company. That thing was doing like seven percent, like every three days. So I was just like swinging it back and forth. And How, was, what were you using to tell the bottoms and tops? Were you using technical analysis? Were you just following the fundamentals? Was it a combo? I was using I was using just the chart on Robinhood, but because I wasn't relying on technical at that point. I was uh, I was just like I said, I was reading the fundamentals of the oil markets specifically at that time yeah. was really, really big as it is now. Oil just comes out of nowhere and people sleep on oil, buy it while it's low every single time. You won't regret it. Um, well, until EV takes over, you won't regret it. But uh, you'll, you'll regret it if you hold it too long. But yeah, so but the oil markets and different commodities like steel, uh, you know, it shakes the stock market when there's big uh, gaps in supply. And so the attention focuses towards those commodities and then money flows away from stocks. So that was just my fundamental belief. And I kept trading mm-hmm. on that belief and it kept working for a while until it didn't because oil just it either took over it, it or it left the space and it became more stabilized and it became less of a variable to trade on. Well, and then my, my follow-up question to that is, do you feel like there's similar, similar strategies that can, that can uh, affect the way you trade crypto? Ha ha. 
A very good question. Is there a way I can make money off of that strategy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, taking notes. Uh, can I? So this, you said this made money for you, right? Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we do that every every time. You know, Bitcoin starts to gain ground. It starts to starts to climb. Right. You see, money's kind of start to um, kind of pull out of altcoins. And then when Bitcoin starts to stabilize, you see money start to flow back into altcoins. Mm. And then when there's like really big, so so it's all about just like the flow of money, almost like blood. It's like when you're sitting there taking a test, uh, an academic test, a lot more blood is flowing to your brain versus if you're running a mile, there's less blood in your brain, there's more blood in your muscles trying yeah. to, so it's like mm. the market is like that. It's trying to put the money where there's the most potential for need uh, investment, you know, talk about like what Michael Saylor was talking about, like there's, well, it's kind of a heavy lift intellectually to go there. But like yeah. there's there's a lot of uh, similarities between the body and the market is what I'm trying to say. And if, and if you can think about it like that and like, OK, the oil market's, you know, fluctuating right now, it needs a lot of attention. It needs a lot of investment. You know, there's going to be other parts of the market just just that just don't. And specifically with crypto, you know, the best example I could come up off the top of my head is, is exactly that. The transition between investments into into altcoins from, mm, you know, stable. the big one. Well, I, so that actually, so I think that's a, that kind of, I love the analogy of the blood and and like going around the body. Cause I would even say, I think something to put in perspective is that there's a lot of cross pollination in terms of where that money's coming from. Like there's not like separate categories of like, this is all where all the Bitcoin money and this is all the oil Mm -hmm. money. And this Mm -hmm. is all the, like, they're all very similar institutions that are trading around the gambit, you know? So it's like, uh, if for, you know, it's not like everything is just going to be right. moving all at the same time. There's yeah. going to be times mm-hmm. where that money's going into one thing and that money's going into the other thing and, yeah. and so on. Cause it's all these similar pools of money yeah. that are just moving around kind of like blood. Yeah. Right. So uh, I think that's a very interesting yeah. way of putting it. And those who are writing the blogs and those who are writing that, which informs the market, especially the retail market, they know preemptively where that market's going where that money or at least the retail money may be flowing in the yeah. next couple of days when the yeah. Wall Street Journal and Market View and everything else, CNBC are all aligning to elevate Amazon's earning report or, or some new development or at, at Microsoft. GMA. Right. Yeah. yeah, whatever it is. Um, and so they, they can get in early, so to speak. But um, it doesn't always happen that way. Mm. Yeah. You know. So what transitions you to crypto? So, okay, <laughs> you guys talked about why you didn't get into crypto. Your your explanation, Tim, was really interesting because someone was like saying it's the antichrist. Yeah, someone said it was the, the, I get that a lot with boomers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, no, you know what's funny? That guy, he's he's my age. He's now a weed farmer. Yeah, uh, cool so guy. Cool he's guy. a great guy. I think he's actually. I don't want to. Uh, I think that, he's making some good money. Not yeah. that we have any any problem with that. I think that's. Well, a, I mean, it's a very profitable profession. Profession. So yeah, it's yeah. legal. So I mean, he's he's doing <laughs> yeah. it legally. Uh, he's, I think he's doing medically. But I think he's making good money. He's not a, yeah. I, I think the way I prepped it, I would have to apologize to him if you heard that. He is not an unintelligent person. He's a very intelligent guy. Yeah. I just was not going to buy Bitcoin based off of a conspiracy. And yeah, I, yeah. at this point, maybe Bitcoin is the one world currency the Bible talks But I'm. It's way too. That's something we'll never know until it actually is happening. Well, and it, yeah, that just seems like a very silly thing to to really try yeah, to build it's, your case on. So, yeah, we yeah, got anyway. some new uh, evergreen content coming on on the revelation <laughs> and interpretation of Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. No, My Bitcoin but, was predicted. Revelations. <laughs> but, there you go. The that. original price prediction. <laughs> the original price prediction. But um, gosh, okay. So I didn't get into it because I was like, my my approach was okay. I already have enough 
you know, it takes a lot of energy to even just trade stocks. You know, all these kids that were getting into Bitcoin, they were like, I was like, how are you guys going to be able to trade this? It's a 24 hour commodity, like uh, equi- uh, yeah, asset. Like asset, this is yeah. this is going to be difficult for you guys. And I was seeing all these people get into crypto that were, had never traded stocks. And so I kind of became entrenched in my own uh, snobbery and arrogance <laughs> thinking. Stocks are you know, so much better. Yeah, they're so much more sophisticated. <laughs> well, uh, when I, but I, I never, I can't say that I ever really knew exactly what like the blockchain tech technology behind Bitcoin was and like its revolutionary implications. I definitely didn't have anywhere near as a firm understanding as I do now. If I had, I would have obviously bought in and you'd be in a different situation than I am now. But um, it's uh, it's uh, okay. So January of 2020 is when I first bought in. What was the price? Oof. I don't remember. Oof. But I, I bought and sold. I didn't hold it, unfortunately. Uh, now like I'm an in, old Smay Dogecoin move. No, yeah. well, I I was saying oof because I mean, did you did you get gonked by the uh, the black the what's it called? Black crow? What is it? Uh, no, I didn't. Black swan? Black swan. <laughs> One of the Black birds. crow. Black <laughs> raven. Black <laughs> eagle. The, the pandemic. The pandemic. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Yeah. Uh, and now it, I'm you said January of 2020, 2021, it, and I know oh. you said 2021. Oh, 2021. You definitely said 2020. 2020. Yeah, okay. said 2020. So now you time. can understand why I was concerned about okay, the black so, uh, so penguin. We're talking, we're talking probably 30s or 40s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, and if I'd held, you know, that would have been that would have been great. Um, but I mean, it's kind of where we are now, hovering above that that price range. But yeah. um, no, actually, one of my best trades was in the was right after that uh, Black Swan event originating from... Well, hold on. If you got in on January... Yeah, our time hold on, whoa, whoa. So what if you got? got in 2021 January, how would you have made a trade on COVID? I should not have said that. I'm gonna We're going to hope this. that one passes. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... I'll go back and bleep that. We didn't say uh, anything... Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. I, was, didn't I said, I said, low vid, like as in a low video. Yeah. You silly. Well, Elon Musk just want just bought some of Twitter, so hopefully the censorship. You know, I don't yeah. know if that translates over to Spotify yeah, I don't know if, or YouTube. And YouTube. Yeah. Well, maybe well, Spotify will give us a break, but YouTube might. <laughs> We're probably it's also a, giving it way too much attention right now. It's a look. step in the right direction, you know. but um, yes. So. It's, a, it's an astute criticism, Smay. It wasn't Bitcoin that I was trading on that news. Uh, it was it was just the market. Yeah, usually ah, the stock market ah, in general. Yeah, was yeah, so I, so I bought a yeah. triple leverage reverse ETF right when uh, the, the, it was hitting the market February 23rd, I believe. And um, I, I did that and I put way more. <laughs> yeah. I put way more in than I uh, had before because I recognized how big of an so event. many people did that. Like, like I so many of my friends, like even my, my brothers, they bought like all the cruise lines and uh, air airlines and all that stuff. Well, that was buying at the bottom. I yeah. was buying. Yeah, he bought before e- the dip. I was buying a reverse ETF at the top. Yeah. At, or like towards the. Yeah. Three. So just the peak, because even though I'm not looking, I'm sure the same. I'm looking at Bitcoin right now. The yeah. 23rd was right before the big dip. It went down a little bit the next couple of days, but then the day that it really fell out was March 12th. Yeah. March 12th is when we had a big red <sighs> candle on both crypto for, and. For uh, the pandemic? 
like they had, I mean, yeah. So, yeah, so you know, the market, crazy. that was the, that the was stock market reacted faster. Yeah. Fun remember, fact. But. That was the day that I'm pretty sure that was my last shift I ever worked uh, for uh, when I was working at the movie theater. Nice. So cool. Yeah. That's pretty neat. <laughs> that's what dumped the price. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Listen, Smay said I'm out. Smay lost his job. Did. No, I didn't say I'm out. I, the theater shut down. So, yeah. I, you know, I lost my job and everyone's like, <laughs> We can't invest. Yeah. We can't invest. Smay is out of a job right now. We gosh. we we have to sell. Oh yeah. my gosh. February twenty first was the tip top of the stock market before yes. it corrected big and went down and bottomed out around March twentieth. So in between that time, at some point I put in a buy order for a reverse ETF, triple leverage, the good stuff. And oh, the uh good stuff. and I and I was able to sell well into a profit. And so that was great. Nice. That was one of my best snipes. Is, is that because you kind of heard the murmurs of what was going on in uh old Wuhan? had an old intuition? It was yeah. I just recognized this is a significant it, event. Like yeah. this is not It is true. Remembering back to that time, because I, I remember I was working at a gym at the time and we'd heard the murmurs, but yeah. it looked like the United States was gonna hold off. I, the guy that owned the gym, he was definitely like, oh, this isn't coming to the United States. That's exactly how and we, at the theater, that's exactly how we were. We were yeah. all just, I remember conversations in the kitchen uh, uh, behind the, the concession stand. And we'd just be like, we heard about it, the murmurs and stuff. And you're like, oh, wow, there's there's no way this is going to like be an issue. Like, it's like, oh, it's only like we yeah. we like rational, like as the story progressed each day, it would be like, oh, it's only over there. And now mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, now, but it's only something that like the elderly should worry about. Yeah. And then it became, oh, everything shut down. Oh, yeah. yikes. You know, so. Yeah. So, so transitioning into crypto was in 2021. So this was, yeah. you know, well after it was still in the middle of a lot of terrible death and anxiety in the market and in the world. But, uh, you know, it was well after the, the, the major event. Yeah. So. I got into it just because I can't honestly, I, I think I just bought into it because a group chat I was in. So my, my, some of my buddies were just, they were making money in it and it was, you know, Bitcoin was moving around. And so I started to dabble into it. Well, and to, then, be, to be fair, it had just gone through like within the matter of two or three months, a 240% uh, uptick. Yeah. So it was the hottest, right? hottest thing at the moment. Right. And, you know, so I, you know, that, and that was the beginning of my crypto journey. Yeah. And I have to admit, um, I I don't know how much more time slash topics we wanted to cover. Yeah, we have some questions from Twitter, actually, I was going to ask you. Okay. Yeah. Let's fire off those. But I do have a, a, I want to go over my approach to going into basic training. Yeah. Having all from my portfolio standpoint. Yeah. The the first question I was going to ask you from Matt C. Ooh, Matt C. Matt C. I like that guy. Love us some Matt C. We're going to see him. Well, we people, will have seen we're him. We're probably sitting with Matt C. while the people who are watching this premiere is happening. Yes. <gasps> we are sitting with Matt C. Because I will be. I'll be back in Gainesville. Not, sorry. Sorry, TJ. That's all good. You know, hey, that wound. hey anyway. Matt C., you're watching. We're sitting with you right now. Yeah. Matt C. said, <laughs> I'd like to know what the best and worst part of basic training was, and was it anything like you expected? And I'll allow in that, I'm sure he also wanted to know, how did your crypto portfolio prepare you for basic training? Yes. So it was more how did how did I prepare my portfolio as a whole? <laughs> yeah, your portfolio. Hey, prepared you ask you. yourself that. What question do you want me to ask? You? Your pants cake swap was like, <laughs> yeah, you got this, dude. Room. Not pan pancake swap. Are you, did not are you prepared? Well. <laughs> but but um, make sure that you uh, you, you make sure that you're, you're drinking a lot of water. And... <laughs> pan, uh, oh, the best and worst part 
was that I was away from Matt C was the worst part. Oh yeah. gosh, there uh, it is. No. Matt C, we're with you right now, just so you know. <laughs> no, uh, the worst part was sleeping in the cold in 18 per- 18%, 18 18% degrees <laughs> weather. 18% uh, weather, it was bearish weather. Yeah. It's only 18% for that Real weather? bearish. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it was rough. And and uh, then the drill sergeants like didn't tell us. So we woke up, we had to we had to pack up our sleeping system, which is just a sleeping bag and a mat. And then that had to, so we were sitting there, all of our stuff was packed up and we were sitting there posting posting security with our M4s. And uh, the, the drill sergeants like, it was like an hour and a half before they came and got us. So we were just sitting there in silence in 18 degrees in the morning. And it was, that was, it was unbearable. It was really bad. Best part was just getting to know, you know, some the, the guys, you know, just like being around a bunch of people and like you have such low um, dopamine levels while you're in there because there's just it's just misery and sadness. And so when you're you are getting to joke around with the guys, so to speak, you know, it's just the best thing ever. Like think of joking around with the guys amplified by like 20, you know, it's just. 20x it's just a lot of fun that that's definitely the best part and also the peanut m&ms mm. so nascar peanut m&ms go sponsors for the episode thank that's you right. matt for that question so What's did you so so my question is yeah. so you're telling me you got a 20x gains on your uh, communication skills uh, in the your, moment they're wow. not transferable to civilian life unfortunately ah, that's yeah. wow that's tough yeah yeah so you're, you'd say that you that was paper trading then yeah. You didn't get taxed. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, Squeeze, que- keep squeezing that lemon. <laughs> well, tell me. Yeah, that's a good There's joke. a joke in there somewhere. It, that was a good joke. <laughs> tell, us, tell us about your crib. By the way, did you, I think I told you this. Do you know that because you were able, the last Tuesday before you left, because you left on a Tuesday, you gave your price prediction for the Friday Hoddle oh, yeah. Trophy. You won the Hoddle Trophy. Yeah. So how did that help you? That was one of the first things um, Amanda, my girlfriend, told me. When really? I got back, she's like, you know, you win the Hoddle Trophy. Come on. Um, and a, my mom. That's a good girl. My I, honestly, I love that she continued to watch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's so nice. Yeah. Oh, she wouldn't miss an episode. So. Uh, Is that, are you saying, for real? Hey, we're all saying stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're all we're saying all, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we're all just saying stuff. Listen. Um, uh, Lizards are fake news. You know, <laughs> see, he didn't. Now here's the worst part: is we got we watched Licorice Pizza. We and, did, and watch you didn't get to watch it with us. Licorice Pizza yeah. was that was the worst part. Do you need to actually yeah. see it to have watched it though? I feel yes, like. it yeah, was so it, good. It was so. It good. was. It was good for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> it's the best movie I've ever watched. And to be honest, it was my favorite movie of the year. Oh, yeah. by the way, backstory on that: we were. I don't remember what movie we were watching. The three of us were in the theaters and. We just sat down and the premiere, like the, they give trailer. the ads, the trailer. We're just watching this trailer and we're like, what the heck is this about? Yeah. It made no sense. And then the title comes up, Liquor's Pizza. So if you, I'm sure you guys have seen ads <laughs> yeah. for that movie. Uh, Liquor's Pizza. Did they, they didn't win an Oscar, did they? Yeah. Uh, no, they were nominated. Though. I mean, I wouldn't know because the only thing that mattered about that was Will Smith. Oh, gosh. So. He, freaked, he ruined it. <laughs> Liquor's Pizza, though. May and I bought Liquor's and Pizza. We took a picture, saved it for Tea's Room. Wanted him to I, be there with I, us. I, sorry. I reacted strongly, guys. So, as so did he. <laughs> um, and I would like to just say, uh, I usually it's usually a ritual for me every single year to watch the Oscars. I'm a big film buff. I love the cinema, you know. And I didn't get to watch it this year. And the sad That's thing tragic. is, I when I went to look up all the winners and all this stuff, the only thing everybody was talking was about Will was Smith. Will Smith. It's yeah. like, come on, you guys, you had to really take the spotlight. I hate it. But anyways, yeah, yeah. two actors performing on a stage. Oh, are you one of those? You think it was staged? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, do. I definitely do. Party yeah. chuckle. <laughs> I definitely do. 
I, think it was I, yeah. I pretty vehemently disagree. But two I people was, winning awards, or one of them winning an award for acting, and people question whether or not it was. Staged. I definitely don't think it's staged. Ah, but we don't need to get into. Yeah, that. that's a whole different. That's a whole different can of worms. <laughs> tell us, tell us what you wanted to say though about your portfolio. Okay, about- so you're going away. Ten uh, army basic training is ten weeks. You're going away for ten weeks, and you've you've been making all these trades. You know how do you prepare that ship? to dock, you know, without you being at the helm? How do you control your portfolio while you're away? Well, here's Tay's five tips on how to go to basic training and maintain your portfolio while you're away. <laughs> we got to num- wait for the tips. Tip number well, one. I know. I was just, he introduced it so well. <laughs> My bad. Tip number one, there, there's not actually any tips. I'm just going to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> basically, what I did was I needed liquidity. I needed to be able to pay my rent while I was gone. I needed to have, you know, pay my credit card bills, you know, and, and things like that. And I also had a low amount of certainty that I would be able to actually get paid by the army for 90 days. They mm. legally cannot pay you for 90 days while you're in basic, which <laughs> there was a kid at the very end who hadn't got a dime yet. It was kind of his fault because he messed up his routing number and stuff. But anyway, um, Oof. Yeah. So you're not guaranteed any any money for 90 days. So I had to make sure I had the liquidity to pay for my living expenses even while I wasn't living outside in civilian life. So, okay, basically the whole concept is um, I sold a lot of Microsoft to pay for that liquidity. I didn't sell crypto because I have more conviction in crypto than I do Microsoft, which Microsoft is held by the Dow, the S&P and the NASDAQ. It's one of the only one companies that's in both. So it's kind of the the cornerstone of the U.S. stock market at this point, but I had you know more faith in crypto ultimately, and um, you know I wanted to hold crypto more than I wanted to hold Microsoft, uh, and so that's that's kind of my my big takeaway is like if if I'm not investing in things I'm um, convicted in, then why am I holding it? And the things that I was able to really truly admit to myself that I believed in, I held in my portfolio. Mm. And it, it's emotionally significant, right? Because you, you're literally, while you're in basic training, I should mention this is important, you don't have access to your portfolio. You can't trade. Um, you have about 30 minutes with your phone per week. So I, I just told myself I'm not going to try to make any trades while I'm in there. There was a guy who was buying Bitcoin just constantly, which is fine. You know, that would have been probably a decent strategy. To kind of uh, old DCA, yeah, DCA exactly. But uh, yeah, so that was my that was my five tips in no particular oh I'm pretty order. Sure that was like barely just one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's a tip. In, in fact, I don't think there was a tip. If anything, I think the tip was he believed in Bitcoin. Yeah. So should you? <laughs> I think that was more of like a, just a sentiment. Yeah. The tip is I, I did it. not sell. Even though it could have, that that's the big thing is that everything could have gone to yeah, zero. Yeah, the, the tip was you held through, and I and I, you know, I was willing to take that risk. This yeah. seems like one of those like like th- those like Bible parables that mm. like kind of like oh, yeah. it, you thought you knew the answer yeah. by the end of this, yeah, but it actually is just as simple <laughs> as hodling, yeah. Well, we have a, we have another question. I think this is directed for all of us, but he uh, I want to hear T Shrooms. I want to let him answer first. Yeah, I'm uh, crypto Canadian at <laughs> I won't crypto say underscore Kyle said uh, my two questions. So he actually has two. My two questions of the day: If Bitcoin were to hit a hundred thousand target by the end of this year, uh-huh. what price do you think Ethereum will be when Bitcoin touches a hundred thousand for the first time? I'll start with that question. We'll discuss that one. Then he has a second one. Well, there's probably a fairly simple calculation to be able to figure that out. You would just look at the percentage yeah. increase. I, I, so I did that a second ago. Do you want me to answer that? Off you? the top, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. so Bitcoin would have to rally 118%. 
Okay. For it to get to 100,000. 108, uh, 118%. So let's just say Ethereum matched Bitcoin uh, percentage for percentage. Which is not guaranteed. It is not guaranteed. It would be 7,600. I, I do have this feeling that Ethereum will outpace Bitcoin. I still think it's young enough. They're young enough in it that I think Ethereum will outpace. I think it's not unreasonable to say potentially anywhere between 118 to maybe 200, in which case we'd be sitting a little bit over 10,000 is possible on Ethereum. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys disagree with that, with the potential of getting 200%? You disagree? In you, what time? you nodded. I, in what time frame? Uh, end of the year. Well, remember, we're also talking about if, when Bitcoin hits 100,000. So we're, we're imagining that Ethereum at least keeps pace. But it's a, two, it's a two-parted question. So I'm just going to assume we're talking end of year time frame. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to be honest with you. I, 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 I don't necessarily believe that we're going to see 100K Bitcoin this year. Well, that wasn't the question. The but, question was, but Mike, to continue further. If we did, yeah. To continue further, if we did, I don't know if Bitcoin or if Ethereum is going. I think if anything, Ethereum is going to lag behind a little bit. There, potentially, I, I I don't see it. I don't see it go, getting as as far. So, I mean, roughly in my mind, my mind goes to somewhere around five thousand. We where I we did learn last year not to make predictions without. Evidence, you know, we thought it was going to go last year, and, then, and that, to be fair, there were reasons. I was not, the no, only Smay person. Was the only one that I was the only one that was Smay right. Was, you get so offended <laughs> when people. You need to just I'm calm throw down this over sticky there. Note at you. you calm down. Listen, I'm gonna throw that you, sticky note. I'm at trying you. to defend you, and you're just getting out of it. Go for it. Go for it. You were the only one who didn't think it was going to happen. Thank you. That was you. That was right. Okay, that was correct. That was me. Now. I'm not making. I gave it right back. I'm not making a firm prediction. I'm making an if-then statement. Yes. If. If there is no major FUD news that would scare institutions out of it. I do believe this is a year of regulational clarity. I do believe this is a year that because there's going to be so much FUD and so much pressure against the retail investor to get in, this is the year that institutions take advantage of it. And we potentially will see $100,000 Bitcoin because of institutional money. If that happens, I think that institutional money will also go into Ethereum because that's at least where it's leaning right now. But watch out for Cardano and Solana. Those also have some institutional monies coming towards them. Of course, they're kind of in competition there with Ethereum. But I I, I understand that we should not be very quick to say, oh, yeah, Bitcoin's going to 100000 by the end of the year, no doubt. There's, it's an if-then statement. If yeah. there's not a significant bearish resistance to an institutional adoption – then we're going to see it go to 100,000 simply because, you know, we're sitting here waiting in anticipation. Who knows if it was already announced? Because, again, this is not Saturday, even though you're listening to it Saturday or later. Is Apple about to announce its official adoption of or Bitcoin? Or did they? Yeah, did they? Did they just announce it? Did Tim Cook walk on stage? And if that's the case, we all look like goobers because the Bitcoin's price could be yeah. somewhere like $75,000. You know, here, right here's now. another question. Will Powell actually uh, work up the courage to do what he needs to do about inflation and raise those interest rates? Because interest rates high, it doesn't just affect retail investment. It will affect institutions if it's strong. If it continues just to be 25 base points, it just 0. 0.25, 0. 0.25, 0. 0.25, then I think the institutions just say, you know what, this ain't doing a crack. We're going to continue to go against it. But if he actually gets strong and says, let's do some 50 base point raises, maybe institutions at that point say, hey, I'm, I want to get there. I'll put a little bit there, but not as much. But I think that there are – I don't even think it's just billions. I think there are potentially trillions with an S of institutional dollars sitting on the sideline waiting for the clarity that could come this year. Well, so here's my here's my first thing. And I don't actually necessarily think anything you said was wrong. I, in fact, yeah. I agree with a lot of what you said. I, I disagree. My disagreement, and it's not even a disagreement with you, with maybe people who, who hear what you said and say, well, yes, I think we are going to see this happen. Yeah. I, 
I kind of disagree. I think that these institutions are not going to get what they want yet. Uh, and I think I even would say even further than that, what the one of the biggest things I've learned in terms of my my time being with crypt, in crypto is to realize that people time span doesn't mean much. Right. Like we can go months of bearishness. We can go a whole year of bearishness. Right. Uh, and that's the thing. People think, well, I think of a year, a year's a really long time, so it makes sense it might as well go to 100,000 because yeah. that's a lot of time. Well, to be honest with you, we've seen longer periods of time of bearishness, right? In terms of like, you go back to 2018, like there are there is such thing as long-term bearish markets. Um, not to say that's where we're necessarily at, but I, I, I'm kind of in this, this kind of area of, unless there's really any reason to believe that there's something that's going to be the catalyst that pushes us there, I'm not going to just assume it's going to happen, right? Now, I'm right here, I'm sitting very much running with the same strategy of DCA, dollars cost average, because I'm not going to be a doubter and not also have myself set up for the possibility, right? Like if it does go to hundred thousand, I'm going to be ready and I'm going to be able to benefit from the beautiful gains. That is a hundred thousand dollar Bitcoin. Yeah. But I am not going to make my, my, I'm not going to make a play based off of that just because I think it will, because there's really no supporting evidence that says that's going to happen right now. Uh, even the, the, the scenario that we just threw out there, we have no idea what's going to happen in terms of regulatory clarity. It's um, true. So, so it's very hard to kind of go ahead and make that prediction. I would say the safer prediction is to say that there's, since there is nothing there, you stick with the trend and ultimately the trend is saying that it probably won't go there. So. I, I also think, so I, I think people need to look at this in two different routes. Either it goes or it doesn't and realize that there's an upside to both sides. Yes. If it goes to $100,000, amazing. Your portfolio just went up. But I actually think, as much as I think it's going to $100,000, I actually would love to get to the end of the year and still be below $100,000 because I, I I have both a trading and pro, like I have spots where I buy dips and spots where I take profit. I have spots where I trade, you know, I don't do day trading, swing trading, but I do like longer trades. But I also still DCA. And if, if it stays below the longer it stays, the more accumulation I'll get. Because you know that's the thought. Like there will be a point where some people are going to be like, "Oh, Bitcoin's a hundred thousand dollars. I can't afford it. What's the significance of my if I have a thousand dollars to invest? If I had invested that back when it was fifty thousand, I would get twice the money." Ah, oh, and they're, they're going to flood it out. The rule on that is, hey guys, one day when it's a million dollars of Bitcoin, you'll wish you had bought it a hundred thousand. But for right now, if we can stay down here, uh, continue to DCA, yeah, this isn't as good a buy spot as if it was twenty thousand, and twenty thousand one is as good a buy spot as if it when it was ten thousand, and ten thousand one is as good as when 3,000, you got to keep it in perspective. But do you believe Bitcoin long term is going to make it over 100,000 and it's going to make it in the millions? If your answer to that question is yes, then you love the price staying below that because you can just, it just buys you time to DCA more and acquire more supply. Well, I have, I definitely have more thoughts on it, but, but I yeah, think we, gotta, we should ask uh, I want to, Tishram, I want, what do you think about this? Let's be real quick. We got to start wrapping up here. We're getting closer I think, yeah. to an hour. I mean, the original question had some more to do with like Ethereum relative to Bitcoin's movement. I, it's true. I think ultimately it's probably, I would just default to Tim's calculation. It's it's probably just going to track what it has done historically, yeah. unless there's some kind of unique event that that, that uh, isolates Bitcoin as the asset to move into. So the way that I look at it is um, Bitcoin, you know, 100,000 before the end of the year or by the end of the year. I, I honestly have uh, become less and less interested in those type of questions, like those type of headlines, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I... I I'm kind of my it's 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 more like is the United States dollar 
and the institutions behind it going to fail <laughs> eventually. And that's kind of a, in my mind, it's kind of yes, uh, just because of a variety of reasons. But that's that's kind of the core of my belief. I don't want the United States dollar to uh, fail. I wish that they would just kind of improve what they're doing, but they we they can't because they don't they don't really have the power to. And this cycle has been proven again and again ever since the East Indian Trade Company, right? And well mm-hmm. and well before that, you know, there's always been a, a world reserve currency. The United States dollar is a world reserve currency right now. Um, you know, I'm getting way back into the like the fundamentals of just fiat versus crypto here, which is some might say shirking away from the question. But uh, to be honest, being away for 10 weeks does it, it just broadens you out. So I've had actually significant had a significantly hard time focusing back in on the markets because my mind is so uh, at like such a high level right now, just trying to see exactly what I believe about the government, about the Chinese government and about like where the markets are getting their information, what they're really trading on. And ultimately, I think 100,000 in Bitcoin, it, by the end of the year, I'm, more, like I'm, I'm pretty certain it will hit 100,000 at some point. I'm not super concerned about at the, by the end of the year yeah. because I'm looking at it like gold. I'm just buying it because I know it will be valuable in the future when I want to buy a house or when I want to put my kids through college. Like that's kind of the more the relationship I have with yeah, crypto at this me, point. That's yep. like, kind of me too. It's, yeah. this, it's yep. this awesome digital locked in asset that's like people don't understand its value yet. That's okay. They will when corporations have the incentive to educate the public and they properly figure out how to do that through marketing and through education when it gets into schools, potentially like the, you know, it's just a matter of time. But in the meantime, there are going to be better opportunities like oil to put my money in today by the end of the month. So it's just, it's less that people are interested or not interested in Bitcoin. It's more, there's just perceived better opportunities out there for the short term. Yeah. And right now oil absolutely is a better opportunity for the short term. That's, you know, uh, uh, my opinion for the, for the moment. I want to, I want to wrap this up real quick. The second half of this question, we're just going to say what our answer is uh, briefly. If you, if you want to use 10 seconds to explain okay. why you're, why are you looking at me? I'm because you, you pay attention to me. I'm paying attention. You're 10 seconds. I, I will make All right, brief. second question. If you had to choose one between Link, VeChain, Algo, which are you going with? I'm going to go with T-Shirt first. I'm going to Link. You saw me breathing it. That's it. You, 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 you saw the... We're using all the hit 10 seconds. It's me. So I want to dive in a little bit deeper into this question, uh, considering the fact that uh, I have 10 seconds here. Uh, you know, considering the fundamentals of all three All right, projects, that's it. We have right. my guess. Uh, I'm going to say the same. I'm going to say Link. I, uh, I, I have to be honest with you. I think I'm going to pick VeChain. Just to be different? Just to be contrary. No, no, no. I pick VeChain because I... To, well... Algo, I have. I'm gonna just say I have no idea about Algo. Uh, Link is cool. VeChain, I, I like VeChain because I actually think I think if done properly, if if done properly, it's very compelling, especially in nowadays with what we're seeing with supply chain logistics and all that stuff. It, I could see it definitely being very useful. I just want the whole audience to know. Do you guys know now why I put a 10 second limit on the answer? Uh, Smay does not stick inside 10 yeah, seconds. It's fun. But again, he controls everything. So I, I was definitely doing that intentionally. I know you were doing it intentionally. Because you, you, you decided to pick on me and look at me specifically. I said, I'm going to tell I'm going to show you. You're the one sitting right across me. So I'm that's show, where my eyes are going to I'm going to show you. I think all three projects are good, just so you know. Crypto Canadian uh, or Crypto Kyle. I think all three are good. I just, I like Link. T-Shroom likes Link. Smay likes to talk for more than 10 seconds. Uh, so it's. <laughs> this it guy. Well, guys, that is the end of 
episode two. We are so had to, so glad to have T Shroom on today, and he will be back. This is not the last episode he'll ever be on. So uh, I'm I'm so excited. First of all, to have him back, just you know, to be with us in person, be back at the like company, him. and uh, you know, we're gonna have him stick around. Uh, guys, just want to continue to communicate you this heart of this channel. We want to have fun. That's the you know, we are three you know, two of us guys here, but we're always gonna bring people who love to have fun, love life. We want to have fun. We'll talk sports. We'll talk uh, animals, but ultimately the real goal of this channel is to have real guys, real voices and girls uh, talk about real world strategies that anyone could understand to continue to fight, to produce financial sovereignty for yourself and your family. It's that if that's something you love, make sure you hit that like button. You subscribe to this channel. You watch every single Saturday and a comment. Let us know what you guys think. Let us know some questions you'd love for us to answer and maybe even some guest suggestions and then potentially their contact information so we get them here on the show. Uh, that's all I have for you guys in episode two. We'll be back next week. We'll see you next time. Peace. Whoa. Whoa. Look at this guy. He watched the entire video. What a cool guy. I think the next thing that he wants to do is hit the like button and then probably even subscribe to the channel. And perhaps even comment down below what he thought. That, that would be pretty cool. Wow. What a cool guy. I got a real good feeling.